Welcome to Illum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering, and I am your superstitious host for this track, featuring two episodes of a program entitled The Origin of Superstition. Why do people avoid stepping on a crack on a sidewalk, or choose not to walk under a ladder? How about getting nervous if a black cat passes in front of you? Do you know anyone who has ever tossed some salt over their shoulder or get nervous about seven years of bad luck for breaking a mirror? Well, the Origin of Superstition radio show has the answers for you. Also known as Superstition on the Air, The Origin of Superstition was a 1935 series of short stories that showcased many of the more popular superstitions of modern life at that time. These were dramatizations that uh, took the listener back in time to explain when, where, how, and why superstitions originated. To its credit, the answers given in the show result from the meticulous research. The episodes present only the facts about the origin of the superstition. Nothing is added or removed from the research. The only fiction in the show was the names which had been changed for purposes of discretion. Superstitions are often ridiculed, and a coincidence or some quirk makes us wonder if fate guides our destinies after all. Carrying a rabbit's foot, knocking on wood, opening an umbrella indoors, you may hear superstitions that you yourself observe and come to understand their origins. The Origins of Superstition was produced and syndicated by Transco, the same company that produced the children's radio program known as the Cinnamon Bear. The show featured actors Verna Felton, Hanley Stafford, Gail Gordon, Howard McNear, Barbara Jean Wong, all of whom also performed on the Cinnamon Bear radio show, which was recorded in the same Transco studio in 1937. The narrator of The Origin of Superstition was Lindsay McCary, and he was the director of the Cinnamon Bear program. So, dear listener, find that rabbit's foot and let's listen to the origins of two superstitions. The first one is with, well, with Thanksgiving coming up, I thought appropriate, the wishbone. And the second, no news is good news. So cross your fingers, toss some salt over your shoulder, and have a nice day. And thank you for listening.
superstition. I have stalked through the world since the beginning of time and will continue on into the mists of the future. In his stupidity, man blames me with circumstances which are his own doing, thus placing himself in my debt. But there is always a time when the debt must be paid. <laughs> Christmas dinner in Samoa. Ah. How vastly different from your holidays in Heidelberg, eh, Kremling? Yeah, Doctor. But I count myself fortunate to be here under your guidance. When I left Heidelberg, I had no idea that I would have the privilege of assisting such a noted physician. Yes, they have been kind to me here. But I chuck it all for a six-month leave of absence, my boy. The romance of the island is all right for youth. But I'm beginning to need some real weather. Snow, icy winds. <sighs> you can say that with Samoa's beauty all around you. You bet I can. Ah, here I see I have the wishbone from our turkey. You may think me an old fool, Kremling, but I'm going to wish on it. Do you know how that superstition originated? Are you going to deprive me of my pet belief, Kremling? Oh, your superstition may have power, Doctor, but that is because of centuries of concentrated thought on the wishbone. Centuries? Yeah. It began with the Persians. It seems that the son of a mighty king swallowed a fishbone and was choking to death when the court physician had the presence of mind to pull it from his throat. The bone broke, leaving a fragment. But since the larger piece was out, the smaller bone was easily washed down with wine. I see. The king was so grateful that he gave his physician the opportunity to wish for anything, and he would receive it. Hence the superstition... He who gets the longer end of a wishbone also gets his wish. Uh-huh. Uh, does Heidelberg disillusion all its students, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh, far be it. Come, let's wish on the bone and see who shall win. Fine. Here. Uh, careful now, it's a bit greasy. Pull. Oh. Ah, my boy, <laughs> I, I have the longer end. I won my wish. Yeah, and I don't have to be a mind reader to know that you wished for a leave of absence. Right you are, Kremling, right you are. While we're waiting for the magic to work for you, I'll tell you of a time when wishing on a similar bone caused disaster. Disaster? Yeah. Let us leave this golden sunshine and blue lagoon and enter a tiny beer garden in Heidelberg. It is filled with students from the university. And I was there with one of my best friends, Fritz Cronin. We were philosophizing about love and, and life in general and celebrated our brief escape from the university steins of foaming beer and plates of chicken. I was concentrating on the feast before us. Oh, but Fritz, Fritz only had eyes for the third member of our party, Elsa, an entertainer at the garden. Ach, Elsa Liebchen, what makes you so beautiful? With all the beer and chicken you had, Fritz, the whole world must seem beautiful tonight. Nein, I have eaten nothing. Kremling is the one who has cleared the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll vouch for that, Elsa. He has had eyes for nothing but you. And during your solo, 
He filled himself with beer, <laughs> drinking to you. <laughs> Kremlin is right, my lieber. I, I live my, on my love for you. Ach, Herr Fritz, you must not say such things. Not say such things when the moon is high on the scent of blossoms in the breeze. To say nothing of beer and beer schnitzel, yeah. <laughs> Fritz and Kremlin, one the dreamer, the other the realist. No wonder you are such good friends. And speaking of friends, here comes an enemy, Fritz. Who? Hauser. Donner Wetter, the troublemaker. Scowling like a bear, too. Ah, I think he's had too much to drink. A goat, if there ever was. <laughs> Who is this popular gentleman? <laughs> One of the students at the university, Liefken. Rather noted as a duelist. And always looking for a fight. Ah, I hope he doesn't come to our table. Unfortunately, he is. Has his eye on you, Elsa. Oh, how, sir? What are you doing here tonight? Why shouldn't I be here? Are you and Cronin the only privileged ones at Heidelberg? Evidently not, if we are to judge by the crowd of students here. But don't let us keep you, Hauser. Nein, I think I will stay. The company is a little low, but I... I like the Fräulein here. If you so dislike the surroundings, Hauser... I would suggest that you seek your own kind. What? Ach, please, Fritz, Kremlin. See, there is a wishbone left on the plate. Why, yeah. That's one thing you didn't eat, Kremlin. <laughs> yeah, I do manage to leave the bones. <laughs> Elsa, will you wish on the bone with me? Why, yes, Fritz, I will... Fräulein Elsa will wish on the bone with me. See here, Hauser. You weren't invited to join us, you know. Yeah, I know. Neither was I introduced to the Fräulein. But I shall overlook your bad manners if Elsa will break the bone with me. The Fräulein will do nothing of the sort. What? Oh, Fritz, don't. Careful, Fritz. I am not going to allow Hauser to bully Elsa as he does the students. I will wish on the bone with you, Hauser, and I will get my wish. You'll get your wish, eh? <laughs> well, we'll see. Catch hold. I am ready. <laughs> I told you, I have the longer end. I have won my wish. Oh, he you cheated me, Cronin. You held the bone so as to get the longer end. Why do you say I that? Don't be ridiculous, Hauser. After all, what is a wishbone? I stake my wish on more than that. And I say that you deliberately cheated me. Listen, you students of Heidelberg. Cronin is a cheat. Hauser, you're drunk. Drunk am I? And what has Cronin to say? My glove! How, sir? You struck Fritz! Don't worry, Liefchen. He is drunk, you see. Ah, the spine. I'll see that he's taken care of. Afraid to fight, Cronin? <laughs> I don't blame you. To fight over Elsa, the Liebkin of the beer garden. I will kill you for that house. Oh, Fritz! Oh, don't pay any attention to him, Fritz. I'll have him thrown out. Nein, he has gone too far. To use the Fräulein's name like that. Tomorrow, Hauser, at dawn. Good. I've been wanting to get at you for a long time, Cronin. We'll dispense with formalities. You can't do this. You can't. Tomorrow, at dawn. Oh, but Fritz. Cold it is. How dreary. Must you continue with this foolishness? You should not have come, Elsa. 
Kremling should know better than to bring you. Yeah, Kremling brought me because he has a heart instead of a lump of ice. Oh, Fritz Liebchen, forget your honor. Think of me. It is because of you that I am here. Oh, can't I make you see? Oh, Kremling. Yeah, Fritz. Elsa, come with me. Stay in the car until it's over. Oh, Kremling, I am afraid for him. He is so changed. Oh, it's nothing to worry about, Elsa. It isn't a fight to the death, you know. They will merely draw blood. Oh, you mean swords? Yeah, it is the custom. Here comes Hauser now. Oh, already. Go then. Go to Fritz. He needs you. I shall go on alone. Kremlin. Coming, Fritz. Hauser is here. We are about to choose weapons. Yeah. And I can assure you, there will be no cheating about this. Your performance last night was a disgrace to the university, Hauser. At least, give this occasion the dignity it demands. Dignity? <laughs> Are you ready, Cronin? Quite ready. Then, on guard. Kremlin. Elsa, thought you went to the car. Oh, I couldn't stay there while Fritz is fighting. Touché! Ah! Fritz is wounded! His shoulder is bleeding! They'll stop now. First blood, you know. Oh, but they're not stopping. Hauser is forcing Fritz back. Oh! My God! He's running through! Ah! Fritz! Fritz has killed you! Elsa, slow the door. It is all right. Elsa? Ah. It is all right. Ah. Kremlin, no scandal. Because of Elsa. Ah. Elsa, Elsa, ich liebe dich. Oh, ich liebe dich. And so Fritz Cronin died for love, eh? Yeah, ja, doctor. He died even though he got the longer end of the wishbone. The affair was hushed up, but Hauser shot himself soon after. So they both lost. Uh -huh, I see. And Elsa? Still in Heidelberg, I think. In the beer garden. Their romance passed her by. Ah, youth. Lost ecstasies and all over a wishbone. Oh, what's this? A boy bringing a cablegram. Oh, yeah, that's right. Here you are, son. Ah, news from home, doctor? And what news, Kremlin? I have a year's leave of absence. And you are to fill my place while I'm gone. What? Yes. You see, the wishbone superstition was right in this instance. I have my wish. Yeah, but so have I. What do you mean? I wished for a chance to advance in this work. And I certainly have it by taking your place. Why, what do you think of that? Now, in this case, superstition pleased both of us. I am superstition. You don't believe, do you? Thank you.
Have you been looking for a way to easily hypnotize friends, family, or strangers? Presenting the new HypnoCoin, the new pocket-sized invention that helps hypnotize in minutes. It must work or your money back. Hold the HypnoCoin in front of the person you want to hypnotize and gently vibrate the plastic lens. This sets the hypnotic pattern into a whirling motion, a motion that is so fascinating it captures and rivets your subject's eyes to the HypnoCoin. Now proceed to give your hypnotic suggestions and commands. Get the amazing hypnotic aid complete with a free revealing booklet of secrets and instructions. It tells you what to say and do, how to command and rehypnotize with a snap of a finger, how to thrill and amaze them with hypnotic stunts, feats of strength and memory. Get the coin, booklet, and large illustrated catalog for only one dollar. Send to Hypnotic Aid Supply Company, 95 Madison Avenue, New York, New York. The product will arrive in a plain wrapper. Caution, do not use your coin while staring at it in a mirror. You may hypnotize yourself. Superstition. My dominion is built on fear and man's attempt to explain all that he experiences. In his ignorance of logic, he accepts coincidence as cause and thus gives me greater power. He makes himself a puppet, and I, the great puppeteer, pull the strings to make him dance. <laughs> audience like that and the great hoofers Copeland and Hennessy will be out in the cold, cruel world, Eddie. What do you mean, out? We panicked him, York. Did you see that little blonde in the front row give me the eye? If you worked your feet as well as your eyes, we might get more hands. The customers were sitting on theirs tonight. 
Why, even the magician got a better reception than us. Well, you have to be a magician to get over the old personality in this dump. Palace Theater. <laughs> it's a joint to me. Look at this dressing room. So old that even the mice moved out. Listen, Hennessy. When you've been in the show business as long as I have, you'll know that things ain't so hot when an act don't go over in a small-time theater. The manager either sends word back to snap up the act or else fires it. Huh. Always belittling. Anyhow, you know the old saying, no news is good news. And don't be kidding yourself about that superstition either. What's wrong with it? Well, the thing started because a Roman soldier lost his way. Well, why didn't he advertise? Say, lay off a minute, will you? You see, this soldier's captain had won a battle, and the doughboy was bringing the news to the general. Give the little general a great big hand. Yeah, the general had a rough idea that a battle had been fought. But when he didn't get any word from the captain, he started worrying. Figured that his men had been bumped off. So when the soldier finally did come with the good news, the general issued an order that from that day on, no news would be good news. <laughs> See? Nothing to it. Nothing to it. It was good news, wasn't it? Yeah, but it'd have been just as good if the soldier hadn't lost his way. All right. When do I applaud? Oh, wise guy. Give you time, you'll learn. But as long as we have to kill time between now and the next show, I'll tell you a story about this superstition. It better be funnier than they usually are. Relax, Eddie. You ain't got an audience now. Give me a cigarette. I knew this was coming. Here you are. Thanks. Got a match? Say, I thought you were going to tell me a funny story. Ah, that's better. Well, this story happened up in an Oregon hick town when I first started hoofing. I was doing a week's stand there, and boy, it was terrible. Wind and snow. The town was as dead as a graveyard, and the people that lived there were typical longhairs. In desperation, I finally made friends with a town outcast. A gambler named Lucky Saunders. A gambler? <laughs> you sure pick your company. Saunders was a swell guy. And when he found out that I was his friend, he told me he hadn't always been shuffling dirty cards for a living. Once he was a violinist. Yeah, I know the patter. Misunderstood genius quits the old folks and seeks his own life. He ends up a gambler or a hoofer. If that's sarcasm, it don't work. Listen, Lucky's wife took the baby and beat it some years before my story. He never found him but learned later that his wife had died and his boy had been adopted by a family named Fletcher. Well, seems they'd lived in this particular town. Ah, repentant father comes to claim his son. No, Lucky wasn't like that. He was too much the Roma to want to settle down again, but he did want to see the kid and make sure that he was taken care of right. No one knew that he was the boy's father, but the sheriff knew that he was a gambler. On this certain day, a blizzard was blowing up. When I got back to the hotel... I was surprised to find the sheriff and his men in the lobby. Lucky was leaning against the desk, smiling at him as if he didn't care. Them long fingers of his were shuffling the pack of cards he always carried. So you got a warrant for my arrest, Sheriff? You bet. We've had enough of your crooked card playing, Saunders. Yeah, yeah, Hi, Lucky, what's wrong? Stay out of this, kid. This business concerns the sheriff and me. That's right. And I don't need no kid to tell me what to do. And I don't need to take anything from you, Sheriff. Lucky Saunders is my pal. And I want to know what he's done that you can arrest him for. Kid like you ain't got no business being friends with a tin horn gambler. You ran a crooked game only last night and took in plenty. Yeah, and we're going to run him out of town. Mm -hmm. Run him out? On account of last night? Say, if you guys couldn't afford to gamble, you shouldn't have looked Saunders up. Take it easy, kid. 
Don't sit in on this game. The stakes ain't high enough. Stakes ain't high? Say, you trying to be funny, Slicker? You're leaving town tonight if we have to carry out feet first. You can't send a man out in this blizzard. He wouldn't last an hour. I imagine the sheriff knows that as well as you, kid. He seems particularly interested in my funeral. That's about all out of use, Saunders. Come on, boys. Out he goes. Why, Mary Fletcher, what's wrong? What's brought you out in this here storm? It's my boy, Jimmy. He's lost. Lost in this blizzard. Jimmy? Lost? What, Jimmy Fletcher? Why, Lucky, that's your... Yes, uh, kid. Mrs. Fletcher, what about Jimmy? Shut up, Saunders. You ain't got nothing to do oh. with this. <clears throat> Jimmy's lost. His playmates left him heading for the rim with his sled. And I thought he was there with them all this time, but he's up there alone, freezing. I'm going after him. You'll do nothing of the sort. If you think you can escape a race that away, you're mistaken, my I'm boy. not thinking. I'm acting. Kid, let me have your overcoat. You bet. Here's a flask, too, in case the kid needs something. Thanks. Pray for me, Mary Fletcher. Well, I'll be home. Oh, my boy. My boy. Hurry, follow that man. He can't get through this storm alone. Yeah, if you're so good at keeping law and order, let's see how fast you are about finding a little kid that's lost in the snow. Lucky needs help. That gambler won't lose me, never fear. Come on, boys, let's get ready for the search. I have to stop by the house for my heavy coat. Oh, Oh, hurry. God's sakes, hurry. It's almost six o'clock now and the wind's mounting. The wind's mounting. Don't you think you'd better sit down, Mrs. Fletcher? You wearing yourself out. Worrying ain't going to bring them any sooner. Oh, they've been gone over four hours. We should have had word by this time. Lucky's been gone that time, but the sheriff didn't get started till later. Lucky the gambler said to pray for him. You wouldn't think a man like that would believe in prayer, would you? Oh, why doesn't some word come? Well, no news is good news, ma'am. You've been telling me that for the last hour. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my Jimmy. He isn't really my own son, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, he he don't look much like you. I adopted him when he was only a little thing. But I love him like he was my own. I'd die if anything happened to him. Oh, lucky you'll find him, ma'am. Don't worry. He'll find him. Listen. Listen, they're coming. Oh, Sheriff. Where's Jim? Where's Lucky? We we had to turn back, Miss Fletcher. Turn back? Yep. Yeah, but no one could get through this storm. It's impossible. We didn't even get near the rim. You mean you left my Jimmy to die? What kind of man are you? Now, take it easy. Take it easy, Mrs. Fletcher. We tried hard enough. I'm going to find my boy. Let me alone. I'll go for him. No, you can't go out like this, ma'am. Lucky's still out there. He'll find him. I must get to my Jimmy. Please, please let me go. What was that? What was what? Did you hear something, Mrs. Fletcher? Yes. Someone called outside. It's the wind. I told you this storm was something awful. Hey, stop, Mrs. Fletcher. Boys, boys, she can't run out in this blizzard. My boy, open the door. Don't let her out, boys. She's hysterical. Hey, open the door. You fools, it's Lucky Saunders. He's found Jimmy. He's found Jimmy.
So the gambler found the kid, huh? Yeah. He kept going until he did find him. Huddled beside his sled, trying to shield himself from the storm. Saunders sure was a game guy, but in that case, no news was good news, wasn't it? Well, not exactly. You see, Lucky died from exposure. He found his boy, but lost his life doing it. Gee, poor guy. Say, wasn't there something in the Bible, uh, greater love hath no man? Yeah. Lucky gambled for the last time and lost. But willingly, it was his way of paying up. Maybe so, but no news is still good news to me. Even if our act don't get much of a hand, the boss knows we're good. Maybe he'll hold us over for another week. Say, what's that under the door? Envelope just slipped in. Gee, I bet it's from out front. Good news, boy. A holdover. That manager knows a good act when he sees one. Open it. Well, can you beat that? Let's have the good news, Eddie. That trap of a manager is firing us. We don't even do the next show. Says we'll ruin his business. No news is good news. You still think so? Uh, why do they have a guy like that running a theater? He ought to be out digging ditches. A holdover. <laughs> Says you. Instead, it's a ticket to the well-known gate. <laughs> no news is good news. <laughs> I am superstition. You don't believe, do you? Ha, 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 ha.